Hello there and welcome back to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with your two hosts, two men who would never wear a crop top while eating tacos. It's Bread Roll and JT. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Bread Roll. Um, <laughs> yeah, hello everyone and um, we're back again. And this was my choice this week, wasn't it? I know you weren't particularly enamoured when I came up with this one. So what are we looking at then, Bread Roll? Well, you're right. I was not at first enthusiastic when you mentioned it. Um, but we are looking at a movie called Crank which came out on September the 1st, 2006. It runs for 88 minutes. It was directed by Neville Dean Taylor, stars Jason Statham and Amy Smart. It had a budget of 12 million and it had a box office of 42.9 million. So it actually did all right for itself, to be fair. I remember when this movie came out, everyone was like raving about it. And old Statham, he had, his career has been pretty good. He's never been an A-lister, but um, he was just in loads of these types of action movies, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, I mean, um, was it around the time the Transporter films were out as well, which was like sort of how he made his name? Obviously, we've seen him in a couple of things that we've done as well. But yeah, he he just plays these parts really well, doesn't he? It's pretty much a fucking no-brainer film, isn't it, really? I mean, it did well at the box office, but like you say, sort of roll at that point when, it, when this came out. And we, we watched it, didn't we? We were so hungover that morning. After I stayed around your house and um, we'd had a few beers and probably some wine as well. And then I think you went over to Tesco, didn't you? And got some Guinness. And then we're flicking through your BT box and we found this and we're like, what the fuck is this? And we were a little bit confused by it, weren't we? We were. And that is the one and only time I've seen it. I remember it just being shit. And all these years, I've never actually watched it. Um, it's got to be because like 12, maybe even fucking 15. Yeah, I don't know how long it was. Um, ago that we actually watched it or anything but um yeah i actually watched it um sober last night and i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing but we certainly will discuss it along the way there was one bit in particular that i remember as soon as it came on i thought fuck i now remember we both and rachel i don't think she'd seen this film before she was like that bit looks shit and i was like i think that's what me and jt said when that fucking happened like 10 years ago is when we watched it but obviously we'll get there when we get there I think I know the bit you're on about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then there is a sequel, obviously, which I, I've i seen once, I think. I think I'd only ever seen this once, which was that one time with you. Um, and I've seen the sequel probably once or twice. And I remember the sequel being even more ridiculous than this, if that's possible. Yeah, I mean, it is a stretch, isn't it? Um, <laughs> how it can be. I think I've seen the sequel once. I remember he puts a shotgun up someone's ass. <laughs> He does. Remember from yes. that one. I don't know why those sort of images stick in my head, but what can you do? <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. Oh, yeah, I remember that as well. Yeah. I mean, the sequel's not available free anywhere, I don't think. I think it's only on um, paid subscription on Prime. <laughs> I'd like to do the sequel as well at some point, though. So um, bear in mind, if it does become available free, we'll, we'll be doing that as well, Fred Roll. Ah, well, can't wait. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're focused on the first one right now, so uh, let's take a crack at this one. Um, as always, we'll put in the synopsis from Wikipedia, so thank you to whoever wrote this, and it goes a little something like this. Los Angeles-based English hitman Chev Chelios works for a crime syndicate led by Don Carlito Carlos. Chelios is contracted by Carlito to kill mafia boss Don Kim as members of the triads have been encroaching on Carlito's business. 
Chelios goes to Don Kim and apparently murders him. In confusion, ambitious small-time criminal uh, Ricky Verona uses the opportunity to conspire with Carlito against Chelios. Verona will kill Chelios so the tribes do not retaliate and then take Chelios's place as Carlito's new hired gun. The morning after Don Kim's death, while Chelios sleeps in his apartment, Verona, his brother, Alex, and several henchmen break in and inject Chelios with a Chinese synthetic drug which inhibits the flow of adrenaline, slowing the heart and eventually killing the victim. Chelios wakes to find a recording left by Verona showing what he has done. Furious, Chelios smashes the TV and heads out. So that pretty much covers the movie. It doesn't actually quite open like that. It generally just gets straight into the action. We see like a first-person look of um, Chelios just kind of like ambling through his apartment and he finds a CD, a DVD, sorry, and it starts. That other stuff it sort of says we kind of have to learn as the movie goes on. But what's your thoughts there, JT? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that synopsis? Because it gives quite a lot away. And like you say, we don't see all that. It literally opens like with the first person of him sort of scrambling through his apartment, as you said there, and the, he finds this DVD, puts it on. I think, <laughs> doesn't it say fuck you or something on the DVD and <laughs> sticks it in the DVD player? And then we see him getting injected and they're like, yeah, we've, we've put this Chinese shit in you. And <laughs> he does like, he literally goes mental, doesn't he? And just smashes his TV up and just goes fucking crazy. Yeah, it's quite um, sort of straight to the point opening. One thing I thought straight away is um, this reminded me, especially this opening bit in the first sort of 20 minutes or so, it reminds me of like a Rockstar video game. Maybe not GTA, but it just reminds me so much of things like something like they would do, something like Max Payne, I don't know, um, like Manhunt even, that sort of thing. I mean, we always used to joke and say that Cash from Manhunt actually did look like Jason Statham in his shoddy PS2 graphics that he was made out of. But um, it just had those sort of vibes of that sort of like the way a video game would open. I don't know if you've got that. Yeah, now you've said that, I totally get that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Statham is a bit of a movie sort of, well, like a, a game character, isn't he? He kind of... Um, yeah, so yeah, I do see that exactly what you're saying. I mean, he's got an hour max, it says, doesn't it? That Chinese shit apparently that he's been injected with. Verona says, You got an hour, and he's like, <laughs> Just fucking kicking off. And like, he calls, does it Dr. Miles, which is Dwight Yoakam, like a country and western singer, isn't it? Who plays Dr. Miles, and I think he's fucking amazing. He's just so funny when he calls him, and he's there with a couple of hookers, isn't he? Just sort of doing his thing, and he calls him, He's like, Yeah, I've got this crazy thing injected in me, I don't really know what to do. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit random, isn't it? And Statham's accent, I mean, I know he's got like a weird kind of voice anyway. He's not quite as weird as Charlie Hunnam, but he speaks like really posh in this sometimes, doesn't he? Depending on who he's speaking to, sometimes he's like very well-spoken, very like proper, like old-timey English. And other times he's just his usual kind of like grumbly Jason Statham self. I mean, like you say there, he's a bit of a video game character because in all his movies, going back to Lockstock, up to whatever he turns up in these days, like Fast and Furious... He's never changed his look, has he? He looks exactly the same and plays the exact same character in pretty much every movie. Yeah, he does. And he gets away with it. I mean, that's that's pretty much what he does, isn't it? I mean, he's done all right for himself, considering. I mean, I'm not saying he's got limited talent, but he has got limited talent. <laughs> but yeah, he, he does what he does very well, doesn't he? And then he's fucking driving, isn't he? He's, like, he's got this synthetic Chinese drug injected in him and he's driving and it's like he can hardly even stand up and his, his vision's all blurry but he somehow manages to drive I'm like how have you even managed to do that yeah and he kind of comes to the conclusion doesn't he because he's like flagging and um there's one thing and I remember we used to say it um every time his phone rings it's got a very distinctive like like a battery running out doesn't it and it's so distinctive throughout this movie and as soon as that sort of start kicking it's oh fuck i remember that we we commented on that but um yeah he's driving and then he just suddenly puts his foot down and he sort of comes back so he sort of 
comes to the conclusion pretty quick before he speaks to the doctor who tells him, you know, you've got to keep your adrenaline up. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? He's got to keep his adrenaline up. So he's driving like a dickhead. And then he calls Kalo, who's like his sort of sidekick almost. And I'm not quite sure what he's supposed to be. I mean, he's there wearing his little crop top. And I don't know what he's doing. But, and also in all these films, he goes to that strip club, doesn't he? Why is there always a strip club in these films? He goes there and there's this fucking big black guy in there. And he, he like starts, he, he almost gets a bit racist, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, you can have some white meat. And he starts taking out these fucking big black guys, there's about 10 of them all pointing fucking guns at him, and he takes them all out, and then he's like, yeah, I want some coke, because I've got to keep my adrenaline up, and he, he gets his fucking bag of coke off, off one of the guys, and he just literally rips it apart, it all falls over the floor, and he does a line, and then when he goes to see Amy Smart a little bit later on, he's like, yeah, I've done two grams of coke, it's like, well, you haven't, you've done like half a line, probably, because most of it was on the bloody floor. <laughs> yeah, that bit I just thought was weird, it's like, I know he's obviously maybe got the shakes and everything, but he's got this shitty little bag, like you say, he just kind of tears it open, and just it all goes on the like grotty fucking toilet floor and everything. And he's like trying to snort it off the ground, and he's like sticking his fingers up his nose and stuff. And it's like, why don't you just do that fucking logically? Like, I don't know, <laughs> go somewhere and just draw a line. Not that I've got like a huge amount of experience, I'm not saying anything like that, but there's like fucking windowsills and tables and stuff. Why don't you just go and do it properly, you fucking idiot? He literally just rips it apart, doesn't he? And just start, like you say, snorting it off the floor. It's like, seriously, I mean, obviously he's, he's panicking at this point. He thinks he's dying, which he is, but yeah, it's a bit crazy. So the synopsis does kind of like jump a little bit back and forth, um, just to warn our listeners, but you should be used to a little bit of haphazardous listening to us by now. So Chelios phones mafia surgeon Doc Miles, who informs Chelios that to survive, he must keep his adrenaline pumping through constant extreme and danger. And he is unsure if the antidote exists. Chelios keeps his adrenaline up through risky and dangerous acts, which include picking fights with other gangsters, reckless driving and motorcycling, taking illegal drugs and synthetic epinephrine, fighting with the police and having public sex with his girlfriend, Eve. Now, that pretty much covers like bits that happen throughout the movie. So I'll just move on to like the next bit. So Chelios visits Carlito at his penthouse and asks him to help find an antidote, as well as to find and kill Verona and his crew. Carlito says there is no antidote and only con- um, confirms that Carlito and Verona are working together. Carlito tells Chelios how he will use his death as a scapegoat against the Chinese. An angered Chelios leaves Carlito's penthouse to find Verona. Though Chelios' street, con- no, through Chelios's uh, street contact, beg your pardon, a transvestite named Kalo, he finds Alex at a restaurant and unsuccessfully interrogates him about his brother's whereabouts before killing him. Chelios phones Ro- Verona through Alex's phone and tells him of his brother's death, prompting Verona to send thugs after Eve as revenge. Chelios rushes to pick up Eve before Verona's thugs get to her. Chelios reveals that his true profession to her and that he was planning to retire and spend more time with her. So that covers like a probably about a good sort of 25, 30 minutes of uh, the movie here. But it's just fucking weird the start of this movie, isn't it? Like the way he's like driving and then when he goes into like the shopping mall and that's the bit that I, I, I suddenly remembered and even Rachel, it looks shit. He kind of flips his car onto like a fucking escalator. <laughs> like going up and he climbs out and goes up but it looks so fucking shit and i don't even know how that would even happen yeah i've got that here exactly i knew i knew the bit you're on about when you said there's a stupid bit in this film it's crazy he just literally drives through this shopping mall like smashing into stuff flips his car over he's going up the escalator and he just gets out and stands on top of it he's going up the escalator i'm like this is fucking ridiculous i mean it is funny though it is funny it's funny in a fucking stupid way but you just kind of like what the fuck is going on and then like 
he's running back and forth. Then we meet like Kalo, who, according to this, is a transvestite. I didn't put two and two together. I just thought, you know, maybe he was like gay or a little bit extreme or something like that. But um, apparently, he's a transvestite, and he's in the movie for a little bit. Um, and then like the bit where he sort of um, tracks down Alex, and they have this fight, and suddenly it goes all like Bruce Lee, like they're having a fight throughout this fucking kitchen, and he ends up picking up like a big proper like cleaver and cutting his hand off, doesn't he? And then he picks his hand up, which is already holding the gun because his one's run out of bullets, and fucking fires it. I love that bit. He literally, like I say, chops his hand off. It's pretty brutal, this meat cleaver. And then he goes back and just sees the gun in the guy's hand, just picks up and then fucking blows his brains out. And poor old Kalo gets covered in blood, doesn't he? <laughs> While he, like, he gets, like, old uh, matey's um, sort of brains all over him. And then Chelyoff just walks off and just leaves him there, <laughs> covered in blood. But yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't sort of gather the fact that he was a transvestite. Like you say, I just thought he was a little bit extreme. He likes his little crop tops and stuff, but obviously, apparently, according to that, he's a transvestite. But there's another bit as well. <laughs> Old Chelios is in the taxi, isn't he? And he's like, crank the fucking music up, turn the music up. And Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus comes on. And he's fucking like properly going mental, isn't he? Just like banging his head to an Achy Breaky Heart. I mean, obviously, it's quite ironic, the fact that he's playing that song and his heart is breaking, but it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie is actually not too bad. It's got loads of different like bits and pieces in it. I think the movie actually opens with Metal Health from Quiet Riot. Um, I think they're the ones who sung that song. But um, yeah, it's got loads of shit going on. But yeah, the Aki Breaky Heart bit was hilarious. And he just goes in and like robs this kind of like, I don't know, like shop, like a little like one stop or something like that. And he buys loads of product placement. He just grabs loads of like Red Bull and bloody Rockstar drinks, doesn't he? And loads of like candy. And he's just like fucking munching away on it. Yeah, he gets all the energy drinks and that, doesn't he? And he's smashing them back. And then he, he goes to Beverly Hills to see old um, Carlito and he just jumps in the fucking swimming pool fully clothed, doesn't he? And he's talking to him while he's in the pool and he's like, there is no antidote to that Chinese shit that you've been given. You know, you're going to die. And then he gets out of the pool and tries to get in another taxi and the cab driver's like, no, you can't get in, you're fucking wet. So I'm not letting you in the cab. And then he just chucks the, the driver out, doesn't he? And says, Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda. And like the taxi driver's just fucking like, what the hell? And he just drives off. And then in the next scene, he's completely dry. It's like, well, you've just been in a swimming pool. You were soaking wet. And now you're fucking bone dry. Yeah, it's just, it's all over the fucking places. And, and then he, he sometimes finds out, um, I think it's a doctor he speaks to, who says, oh, if you take epinephrine, that, that should help you. And he goes to like a, a hospital and tries to get something. They're like, no, no, you can't have it. And then we get a random cameo by fucking Chester Bennington. Um, we do. He's like, oh yeah, take the um, take the nasal spray. That's got epinephrine in it. It'll get you tweaked. So he like grabs the whole fucking thing of that and runs off with it. But um, I forgot he's in it. He's only in it for like fucking ten seconds or something. I just thought it's a really random cameo. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that. I remember the minute I saw him, I was like, yeah, I remember him being in this. He's just like, yeah, get the epinephrine. It's in that fucking nasal spray. Just, just take some of that. And he's like running through the hospital and then he goes in that room doesn't he there's like a, a guy I'm, I'm assuming like he's on live support or he's dying and he hides in this room when the um the hospital security are after him and he puts a, a gown on then he's running through the hospital his ass cheeks are hanging out and he's just fucking running around the hospital isn't he, with this gown on just fucking snorting this nasal stuff and then there's some poor bloke on a fucking trolley who's having a heart attack and he's like, give me some ephedrine to the, the, the medic, isn't he? He's like, have you got any? And he's like, I don't know, I need to look for it. He's like, give me it. And he fucking gets it off the trolley in, in the end when he finds it and then he tells him to shock him and he puts the fucking heart thing on him, the bloody defibrillator, and like he shocks himself and pushes himself back into the lift. It's just so ridiculous. That bit where he gets in the fucking shocking with, like you say, the defib machine everything was so fucking pointless because it didn't achieve anything. It just nearly kills him. And then he's like led on the fucking, like the uh, elevator 
the floor sort of thing as it's going down. And then the doctor said, in, like, his mate, didn't he? He's like, oh, yeah, when you get the epinephrine, only take, like, 10 milligrams or something. He just, like, pulls, like, a whole fucking syringe in and jabs himself. And he's like, how much should I take? Then it just cuts <laughs> to the outside of the hospital. He's like, ah! He's running out the fucking door. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's, he steals that copper's bike, doesn't he? Like, is it, he gets the, the copper's bike and he's, like, spinning around. The policeman's, like, holding onto the back of it, spinning around, and he, he rides off. And then he's just sort of standing on it with his arms out like some kind of fucking, I don't know, god or something. And then old, uh, he phones Miles, doesn't he? And Dr. Miles. And he's like, have you got a raging hard on? He's like, yeah. And he's got a fucking stalk on, isn't he, underneath his hospital gown. It's just so stupid. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. And not, and not only that, he's like, he's just stood up. He's just in a hospital gown. His fucking ass is flapping. Then he crashes his bike <laughs> and goes ass over head. And being like, you know, I used to ride bikes myself and I did come off a couple of times, nothing that heavy, but he'd be fucking dead if he came off a bike like that and smacked his head against the floor. But he just kind of hops back up, farts about, grabs the bike and rides off again. And he goes off to see his um his missus, old Amy Smart, who I quite like. Um, She's never been like a big star, but she's in like some kind of cult 90s, early 2000 films like The Butterfly Effect and um, Road Trip, things like that. And um, I quite liked her in this. I thought she was quite funny. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I thought she looked fucking lovely. Like when he turns up, she's wearing that laundry. I was like, oh yeah, she looks hot, doesn't she? He just, but somehow, like, so he's been wearing his hospital gown with his fucking stonking hard on. He's been riding his bike, and then he turns up at her place in a tracksuit. It's like, where did you get the tracksuit from? When did you get changed? I don't really understand how that happened. Yeah, she's like, is that your new look? Um, and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you like it? And she goes, no, I hate it. But straight away, again, I was like, the GTA reference. He looks like fucking Nico Bellac, doesn't he? He comes in the glasses and the fucking shitty tracksuit and everything. It's like, bloody hell, how many fucking like, boxes are you ticking here for video game references? But um, obviously he tries to tell her that, you know, I've got this, that and the other. Um, I need to get you out of here. And then she's just going on about the fucking microwave, isn't it? She's like, it's daylight savings time. I can't change the clock. Can you change it for me? And he's like, oh, I'm dying here. You know, you're henchmen coming to kill you. Yeah, but I can't turn the microwave on. It's just fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, she's like, off her tits, isn't she? She's stoned. She's like, do you want to join? He's like, yes. Uh, no, no, I don't. Because obviously he thinks that's going to chill him out and obviously his heart will stop. And then she's like, oh, I've got a waffle. You know, you can have a waffle. I've got the waffle iron on. And he just sticks his hand in it, doesn't he? And fucking burns his hand. And then she's like, oh my God, what have you done to yourself? He's like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry. It's all, it's all good. And his fucking hand's like completely burnt. I mean, she's pretty casual about him. Like he turns up and he's, obviously off his tits, he's done some coke, he's, his heart's fucking going mad. She's like, yeah, are you on drugs? I mean, if I turn up at Kirsty's place looking like that, she'd fucking, oh, she'd finish with me. She seems pretty chilled out at the fact that he's in such a state, doesn't she? Well, yeah, I mean, considering it, like, points out the fact that, like, she doesn't know he's a hitman, I'm not even sure that's why he would turn up dressed, you know, off his fucking tits anyway, but it's like, he turns up out of nowhere, like I said, like buzzing, completely sweating all over the fucking shop. Like, surely, no matter how stoned she was, she'd be a little bit concerned. But then they obviously go out and everything. And he's trying to tell her and she thinks he's lying. And then he just starts trying to fucking shag her in the street, doesn't he? And you're like, <laughs> I think she was like Chinatown or something like that, isn't it? And everyone's like fucking watching it. It's like a fucking bus full of like touring students and everything. And he's like, I can't get it out. I can't get it out. And then he like bends her and starts slapping her ass and fucking her. And then he's just like, Yeah. <laughs> Cheering him on about, Jesus Christ, I've forgotten all this. Yeah, that bit is ridiculous. I mean, just before that as well, like, um, old Verona's people turn up, don't they? And uh, Eve drops her bag and, like, all her stuff falls out. And she's trying to pick up all this stuff and put it back in her bag. And he's, like, killing these guys and she hasn't even noticed. She's like, oh, you know, oh, all this stuff. And she's trying to put it back in. He's shooting this bloke and just literally 
like taking two guys out and then there's one bit where he, he shoots doesn't he and it, she, this woman she's just sat in her room and he shoots her bird she's got this bird in a cage and it just fucking his bullet just like bounces off and shoots this little bird in this cage and the, the bit where like you say there where he's fucking eve it's dodgy as well because this bus turns up for the like school girls and he's like, I can't get up, I can't get up. And he looks at these fucking school girls and suddenly he's fucking got it up and he's like going for it. I'm like, seriously, is that what's turned you on? I mean, a, a minute ago he had a raging hard on anyway, which we said that the epinephrine or whatever it is has given him. But yeah, he looks at this bus full of school girls and suddenly he's like rock hard and he's going for it. And everyone's cheering. He's like, yes, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's just fucking rubbish. And at first, she's obviously like sensible. He's like, going, oh, oh, do me. I want to fuck you in. She's like, no, no, we can't. And she's pushing him off. And then suddenly, he's like, oh, yeah, take me now. And it's like, but you changed it a bit fucking quick, didn't you? <laughs> she certainly did. I mean, fair play. I don't know what I'd do if I was like, you know, witnessing what was going on. Would I stay, stay and watch? I don't know. <laughs> what would you do? But yeah, everyone's like cheering him on as he's doing it, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, and then he's like, he gets the phone call saying that, um, from Kalo saying, oh, well, he thinks it's him saying, oh, yeah, I found him at the warehouse. He's like, right, i got to go. And he just fucking legs it, and she's there with all her clothes ruffled, and he's just like, what are you looking at? And then just fucking is just left there, half shagged. He just fucks off, doesn't he? Like, in the middle of it, he just gets the phone call. He's like, right, I've got to go, see ya. And off he goes. <laughs> it's like, fucking hell, mate, seriously? Yeah, so he's turned up at her house, like, buzzing off his tits. Now he's left her half done in the middle of the street after fucking her <laughs> up. He's like, mate, you're lucky you still got a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I say, she is lovely as well. But yeah, she does put up with some shit for him, doesn't she? Yeah. So, uh, Kalo, who has been kidnapped by Carlito's men, is forced to call Chelios and tell him that Verona is at a triad warehouse. Chelios goes there, finding Kalo's corpse and the henchmen. They reveal that Carlito ordered them to kill Chelios. Uh, Eve, who has followed Chelios, unexpectedly arrives, but then escapes with Chelios after a shootout with Carlito's henchmen. Chelios and Eve go to the Doc Miles place where Miles explains that he cannot cure Chelios, knowing that he will die soon. Chelios decides to take his revenge on Verona and arranges a meeting with him at the downtown hotel. This bit here where they kill um Kayla, I mean, some of the actual um the, the sort of like the crime bits in this are actually quite gritty. Like the way when he wakes up and he's looking at the DVD and you've got like um uh, Verona or whatever his name is and stuff there saying, oh yeah, man, we're going to fuck you up and everything. And you can't take him seriously because he just looks like an egg. Uh, he's like the least intimidating fucking bad guy I've ever seen. Um, but this bit here where they killed Kalo is pretty brutal because they obviously put the bag over his head, don't they? And then they like, lift him up. He's tied to a chair and you see him sort of like fucking suffocating to death. I thought that was quite gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty gnarly, isn't it? Like you say, he's, he's got the bag and that over his head. And then <laughs> Chelios is in his fucking taxi as well, isn't he? When he's going there and like the bloke's like, he gives him some crazy, like, I don't know, Haitian drink or something, doesn't he? He's like, oh, this is crazy shit, man. And he's like, okay, and he just drinks it and he starts tripping. And then the guy just, the taxi driver just keeps calling him the devil, doesn't he? He's like, oh, you're the devil. And uh, Chelios is fucking off his tits. I don't know, like, he's he's done coke, he's done whatever else, and now he's just doing this weird fucking drink. He's absolutely mashed. Yeah, right. And he doesn't seem that bothered by it, does he? And they're just drinking some random cocktail that some sketchy ass taxi driver just pulled out of his glove box and he just fucking necks it. And that bit where he hallucinates and the taxi driver turns into that kind of like voodoo face with like the fucking glow and stuff. He's like, wooga, wooga, wooga. That's like, fuck, you know? <laughs> and then he, he goes to like the rooftop, doesn't he? And sees one of the one of the guys, one of the henchmen. He chucks him off the roof. And then there's one great bit in this. I mean, we don't use the C word, so I'm not going to say it, but he's like, do you think I've got 
the C bomb written on me, and it comes up, doesn't it, across his forehead? <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Again, like stuff like that is so random in this film. It's like you don't know if it's supposed to be a fourth wall breaking movie or not, but it's just it doesn't have a particular tone. It's just fucking chaotic most of this film. It just kind of just load of shit slapped together and just see what sticks, really. Yeah, and then Eve just appears, doesn't she, on this fucking lift? She's like, "Oh yeah, I had to come and see what you were doing because I didn't really know what your job was. Are you are you actually a hitman? Oh yeah, you are." And her dress is still half hanging off. I mean, I thought she looked lovely, as I said, but um, like she hasn't even bothered to like put her dress back on properly. It's all hanging off from when he's been banging her in the street about an hour before, isn't it? Yeah, and now she fucking followed him. I have no idea because obviously he's, <laughs> he's shot off like fucking, you know, quicker than a fucking whippet of a bum full of dynamite. He was fucking <laughs> there in the taxi having a fight, and she just manages movie one hundred and one to be in the right fucking elevator on the right floor for him to fight these fucking henchmen. <laughs> and then he, he like um there's a one of the henchmen isn't it he, he puts his hand in the sewing machine that's pretty gnarly as well and he like sort of like gets his hand all fucking stitched up with the sewing machine and there's a really great scene in this though um, he's there he stood there like underneath like um the stairs isn't he with eve and he's like uh he's like come on come on come with me and then he's like hold on wait there and his dead, he shoots his guy and his, his dead body falls down. He's like, right, now, come on. And like, the body just falls right in front of Eve. He's like, right, come on, let's go. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> He's, um, it's pretty good, actually, the fight scenes, because I remember you mentioned a bit earlier on about, like, Transport. That was his kind of Hollywood movie that kind of broke him out, obviously, after he did Lockstock and stuff. And I remember... I'm um, seeing. I never actually watched the movie, but I remember watching the interview. And he's actually a really good martial artist, and he likes to do a lot mm. of his own stunts. So I'd imagine he did a lot of the action in this. I mean, it's quite close shot, isn't it? Like the camera is always really close to him. So I'd imagine all the running around, the sweating, and I don't know, maybe even the shagging and stuff. You know, he didn't have a cock double or anything. I imagine it was all <laughs> him doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's definitely in shape, and he, he is quite a, a fit guy, isn't he, without sounding weird. Um, but. <laughs> Oh, just thinking about it, it's so stupid. Then he's driving and he gets in that fucking VW Golf and he's driving along and he's like, yeah, he tells Eve about the adrenaline thing. And then she just starts giving him a blowjob while he's driving. <laughs> She'll be so lucky. I know. Like, you know, she's she's a lovely woman. She's like, you know, after he's given her all that shit, she's still well into him, isn't she? She's like, okay. And he's like, get down there. And he pushes her head down. And she's fucking sucking him off while he's driving. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah, then before he um, finishes, she's like, no, I'm not doing it because you'll just fall asleep again like you usually do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they go and see old uh, Miles, Dr. Miles. <laughs> he's got him like, um, sort of hooked up to a drip, isn't he? He's like, yeah, you've got like a, an hour or so before like you die, pretty much. And he says, oh, I'm putting like all this stuff in you, including crystal meth. He's like pumping all this shit into him, <laughs> including crystal meth, apparently. Yeah, right, I need to give Walter White a call, get some of that blue sky shit going in. Yeah, exactly. And old uh, Chelios says, yeah, I need an hour, that's all I need to fucking go and sort my shit out. And then he calls Verona, doesn't he? Verona's in the car and there's some pretty un-PC language. I mean, some of the, the language in this is quite fruity, but he's like, he's pretty un-PC with the way he's talking to him. Yeah, there is some pretty choice language going around in this one. <laughs> and after fucking uh, Verona's like finished throwing a paddy, he picks the phone back and is like, Are you still there? And Jason said just goes, ta ta, darling, and sort of shuts <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, stupid, isn't it? So now Chelios goes to the rooftop of the hotel and meets with Verona, Carlito, and his henchmen. Carlito takes out a syringe filled with the same poison used by Verona. As he is about to kill Chelios by injecting the second dose into him, 
Don King, revealed to be alive as Chelios has spared him after all, arrives with his triads to assist Chelios and a shootout follows. During the battle, several of Don Kim and all of uh, Carlito's men are killed. Carlito tries to escape with his private helicopter, but Chelios manages to catch up to him and holds him at gunpoint. Before Chelios can kill Carlito, Verona sneaks behind and injects Chelios with the syringe, after which Chelios collapses. Carlito himself is betrayed by Verona, who shoots him dead and tries to escape in his helicopter. Chelios manages to stand up, boards the helicopter, and engages in the fight with Verona. After some struggle, Chelios manages to pull Verona out of the helicopter, while in midair, Chelios proceeds to snap Verona's neck, killing him. While falling, Chelios calls Eve on his cell phone to apologise for not coming back. Chelios hits the car, bounces off it, and lands right in front of the camera. In the last shot, it is implied that his adrenaline is indeed still flowing fast. His, not- his nostrils flare, he blinks, and two heartbeats are heard. So, that's the end of the movie. This bit, again, this is another bit I just randomly remembered because of what it looks like. Fucking Don, not Don Kim, sorry, I'm the other geezer. This fucking rooftop thing, he's just got these women sat in these fucking giant, like, I don't know, like Christmas baubles or something yeah. around this, like, shitty swimming pool. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's really fucking weird, isn't it? I mean, Statham turns up, old Chelios, and he's wearing his suit now. He's looking pretty normal. Obviously, he's still a bit sweaty and a bit sort of wired, but he looks fairly normal. He turns up in a suit. And <laughs> there's a really weird scene, isn't there, where he's in the lift with this Japanese guy, and he starts hallucinating. He's, like, eating these pills like they're fucking smarties, old Chelios. And he starts hallucinating, and then the, the Japanese guy's talking, but it's all in different accents. And it turns out, like, it ends up sort of being in Chelios' voice, isn't it? He's listening to him. Then it's just fucking strange. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, because it's like at one point he's like talking to his mum or his dad, it sounds like, doesn't it? Like, but through this, like, this Japanese geezer. Um, yeah, that bit's just fucking strange. And again, it's like, I don't know what was going on on the fucking when they were writing this movie. They spent a bunch of fucking stoners coming up with random ideas and then just being like, yeah, let's throw that in there. That'd be funny if he just has a fucking random conversation with somebody who turns out to be himself. Yeah, it's just really weird, isn't it? And then he does turn up on the rooftop and there's old uh, Verona and uh, Carlito. And then he's like, he's he sort of pulls um, like a gun, doesn't he, with his fingers and he's like pointing it at them and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? This is all a bit weird. And he's just like, boosh. And he pretends to shoot and um, the, the fucking triads are behind him and uh, they take that guy out, they shoot him in the head and then all fucking hell breaks loose. <laughs> I thought that bit was clever, and again, this is not supposed to be a sophisticated movie by any stretch, but how the fuck do they not know it's like a huge bunch of triads walking through the door? Because, like you say, he does like the kind of finger gun point, and the henchman's head just obviously gets shot like he's sniped. And then the camera spins around, and like Don Kim, like he's a big bloke, not being funny, he's quite large, with about 20 fucking triads all stood right behind Statham, and it's like, how did no one notice these guys approaching? Yeah, it's fucking stupid, isn't it? And then there's a TV crew turn up, don't they? And they're like, this is going to be live on TV, uncensored, as if that would even happen. They're like, you know, and it's all kicking off and everything. And there's a SWAT team turns up. And then old Verona gets his fingers shot off, doesn't he? That's pretty brutal, that bit, though, when his fingers get shot off. Yeah, that is quite brutal. And what's also brutal is um, when he, Chelios chases um, Matey Boy to the, um, the helicopter and stuff, Car- Carlito, isn't it? And then um, Verona turns on him and he like just proper like starts fucking pumping bullets into him after he's injected um, uh, Chelios and stuff. And that looks quite gnarly, like the way all the fucking blood's coming out of him and he just like collapses dead. It's all a bit of a Reservoir Dogs moment. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> there's another bit as well, though, where um, there's a grenade, isn't there? And Carlito jumps on this guy 
and the grenade goes off and the guy underneath him obviously gets fucking mullered. But Carlito's not even got a scratch on him. He's just got the blood from the guy who's been blown up. But I'm pretty sure that would have taken him out as well. I'm fairly confident it would. <laughs> to be fair, like what we've seen in this film so far, I'm not fucking surprised. They're all like made of like Chuck Norris stuff. Yeah, I mean, Carlito goes to get in the chopper and obviously Chelios turns up and he goes to shoot him and then Verona just fucking puts a syringe in him and then kills Carlito, as you said, which is a pretty brutal death. But when they're fighting on the chopper, though, it just looks fucking stupid, doesn't it? And then when they both fall out, it just looks so bad. And he's falling for about fucking two minutes, isn't he? He literally, to the point where he phones Eve, he's like, yeah, right, just gets on his phone and starts calling her. Yeah, that whole bit just looks dreadful. I mean, that was obviously not a state-of-the-art movie by any stretch, but yeah, it looks fucking terrible. And then I was trying to think, how does this movie end? And then when he was falling, I was like, oh, I remember now. He, um, he, and then I remember it like, hits the ground and then he rolls and everything. And then um, Rachel was like, oh, does he actually die? And I was like, well, no, because they got a sequel. And I think in the sequel, they put a fake heart on him or something like that. And then he's got to keep shocking himself. So instead of adrenaline, he needs like electric charges or something um, to keep him going. I think that's where the sequel goes. But um, I suddenly remembered when he sort of landed. I was like, oh, yeah, that's how it all goes. Yeah, I think you're right there with the sequel, which I, I definitely think we should do if it does become free somewhere. But I mean, how did he survive that? He bounces off this car. It's all in slow motion isn't it, as he's falling. He's on the phone to Eve and then it sort of speeds up into real time and he bounces off this car. And to be fair, it doesn't look too bad. It looks pretty good the way he just bounces off it. But I mean, no way would anyone survive that. No, I mean, for one, he wouldn't even bounce. He'd just fucking completely <laughs> strawberry jam onto the fucking car, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. And then decides to do a little fucking duck and roll. But uh, that's another story. But yeah, it's, just, it's fucking stupid because he's like skyscraper high, falling down. Now it's time to make a phone call. Then he just like just goes doing <laughs> the fucking road. Oh, it's ridiculous. But I don't know. It's quite a funny ending, I guess. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Well, I don't know how else they could have ended it, but <laughs> in a way, I'm glad they did. So um, now we get to our the favourite part of the show, where we actually give this one some scores. And uh, as you put this one forward, JT, I believe it's your turn anyway. Why don't you uh, start us off? Yes, uh, okay, I will do. I mean, <laughs> God, this film is fucking ridiculous, isn't it? But it is such a laugh, and I really enjoyed watching it the other day. It was a Thursday afternoon, I'd finished work, I did a half day, and I stuck it on before I came down here. Yeah, I mean, it's just so stupid, isn't it? It doesn't take itself seriously. At least I really hope it doesn't anyway, because it, it, it can't. This has got to be <laughs> definitely a piss take. Um, I mean, Jason Statham's perfect, isn't he, as the hard man? Like, but he plays the comedy parts really well as, as well. Just his little quips and his one-liners are just so good. Um, and I thought Amy Smart, I thought she she was lovely as Eve. I did really like her. And he, you've got, obviously, um, Dwight Yoakam is fucking Dr. Miles. He's, like, off his tits. He's like Jim Broadbent in Filth the other week, isn't he? He's, like, completely off it. And the bad guys are stupid, but they're quite funny. Um, I mean, it's 88 minutes long, isn't it? And it just doesn't stop. Like, from the minute this film starts till the, when he bounces off that car at the end, it just doesn't stop. There's no fucking let-off. It's just full-on the whole 88 minutes. Um, so, 90, 88 minutes is probably the perfect running time. So, if I was scoring this properly, I mean, it would be a one all day long because it's fucking terrible. But it's so terrible, it's great. So, I'm going to give it a three because it's just so stupid. It's hilarious. And um, I'll definitely watch it again and probably won't take 10 years to watch it again next time. Um, so it's getting a three for me, Bradwell, and I really, really want to watch the sequel now. So, um, yeah, three all day long from me. What about yourself? <laughs> well, good stuff, JT. Well, what can I say? Um, 
Oh, this film is like you just said that it's fucking shit and I fucking hate it I, I really struggled watching this last night I mean it's funny don't get me wrong it is when it is funny it's got some fucking really you know good bits and it is well cast Stephen plays these roles well there's a reason he's a one trick pony but like I say he's good at what he does and obviously it makes him money so why not um, but yeah this film I mean after the first 20 minutes I really started the flag of it because I was like it starts off so fast paced and everything it's like but you see everything you're going to see in the first 20 minutes and although some bits are making me laugh and yeah I was kind of like giggling and sort of like discussing it with like Rachel and everything I was like fuck now this film is so fucking dreadful I can't believe I've been forced to fucking watch it again there's a reason I'm for this fucking long it's shit and I like shit movies but this is just it's so shit that I probably would watch it again but I'd have to be drunk because it's the only way I could logically sit through this film and probably enjoy it again I think because I was sober last night that's where I struggled but it is one of those films that I think yeah a few beers and if you're having a laugh and I don't know if you need to shag someone in public <laughs> basically um the bits that are quite impressed me actually were some of the actual kind of like the gangster scenes and like the murders and stuff they were really quite gritty and it was such a really kind of like offbeat movie in the fact that at times it was really dark and gritty and then other times it was just so wacky and stupid like the bit where he has like the c-word come up across his head and all that sort of stuff and i was just like i don't even know what fucking you know level this movie's even supposed to be on but yeah, despite all that, it is funny, and I'm not going to say it's absolutely terrible because it's not, but it's a movie I'd really have to be in the mood for and probably need to be fairly drunk to choose to sit and watch it again and have a good time. So um, I'm going to give it two others, I think. Um, it is watchable, it is stupid, but I don't particularly like it. I'm definitely not going <laughs> to rush to watch it, but I will, when the time comes, we'll obviously take a look at the sequel and see what I think of that. But um, yeah, two others from me, JT. Oh, good stuff, Fred Roll. I thought you were probably going to give it one, to be honest. <laughs> your, your groan when I suggested it last week, I thought this is going to be quite funny. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, if I was scoring it logically, it'd be one all day long, but it's just so fucking stupid. It's got to be, it's got to be a three from me. It's just ridiculous, but in a good way. Definitely a movie that has to be uh, seen to be believed, I think. I think if you actually <laughs> yes. told, you know, if someone who hadn't seen the film is sitting there listening to this, link, thinking, these two are just making shit up. Oh, this film can't exist. I swear, go and watch it. It's on um, uh, Amazon, I think it was. I watched it Netflix. last night. Netflix, is it? Oh, there yeah, it's go. on Netflix, yeah. <laughs> Netflix, so there we go. That is our review of Crank. Let us know what you think of this particular specimen of a movie. And if you think that we gave it just scores with our others by getting in touch with us at the Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter. And join us next week as I have chosen a movie that is now available on Disney+. Plus. Um, I did go back and forth with what to choose for next week. But I thought, no, I'm going to go with this one because I haven't seen it for years. It is quite amusing. It's not quite on the level of its Crank. Um <laughs> But it is amusing in its own right, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it, JT. It's called True Lies, and it stars Arnie, a bit of a classic, oh. and it's his, uh, his third movie he did with James Cameron. Yes. Um, randomly, um, I watched some of this the other day. Um, it was um, Rick put it on, and we watched some of it. I was quite drunk, though. might have even been New Year's Eve, actually. I'm not quite sure, but... Yeah, um, and I thought that we'd probably end up reviewing this. So, yeah, another Arnie film. Yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, so it's just a bit different, and it is a bit of a more of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but on purpose. But um, I always remembered it being a good film, so I'm looking forward to seeing that one again. Yeah, he's kind of like, without giving too much away, and obviously what we're going to say about it, he kind of plays like a, a, a sort of an Arnie-style James Bond, doesn't he, almost? He does, yeah, but it's not quite a parody of a movie, but it kind of is at the same time. But um, 
more on that next week. So uh, that's on Disney Plus. If any of you wanted to watch it ahead of time before tuning in, um, we'll be bringing that to you next week. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to do. Groovy. And as always, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, this is Bread Roll signing off. And for me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. Don't pop a blood vessel, you little penis. <laughs>